Hello, hello, and welcome to the Hello Fi podcast from Lo Fi Studios in Glasgow, purveyors of all your recording and rehearsal needs in Glasgow and further afield if you feel so inclined. Give us a call on 01412485050 or visit lofistudios.com to find out more. Today's guest is Mr. Mark Rooney of the band Pronto Mama, a fantastic band that you should go and check out immediately as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, which contains an inordinate amount of swearing. It just does. We cover it early on and then it continues. So if you don't like swearing, turn off now. If you're okay with it, keep listening. And enjoy. Hello. 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 Fine. <coughs> Aye. Ah, coffee and that. So my dad's fucking always in the toilet <laughs> these days when I need it. Every time I wake up, he's in doing a fucking half hour shake. I'm like, you're at it. It's like, get the fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fucking taking a piss every time I'm at the toilet. But he doesn't need to. He's like, I've been in for 10 minutes, but he's been in for like fucking 45 minutes. Like that. Does, he ta- does he take like a book or <laughs> The digger. He's into the digger. He reads that shit, man. That was the worst thing when my dad got his uh, iPad. He's <laughs> never at the toilet. <laughs> well, it used to be like my whole childhood growing up, there was always a stack of books and magazines right by the toilet. Mm. So it was always it was always his shit. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't like MD else was sitting reading stuff in there. So you'd have like there'd be like some uh, copies like Empire magazine mm. and then there'd be some copies of Uncut and then there'd be like a bunch of books. And <laughs> can he find the toilet paper and all that? Like, what the fuck is it? Like it could be anything. I think he just likes to have the option. You know what it's like though when you go and you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just sitting here. I'm not actually just sitting here shitting. It's depressing. But he used to have uh, Steve Wright's factoids. You know, Steve Wright in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So he'd be up reading it, and obviously every country reading the same book in the toilet, and then he'd come down and he's like, Do you know that carrots used to be purple and the, the Dutch, the Dutch uh, changed them to be an orange? You're like, I have read that book about 50 times as well. I read it every time I'm in the toilet. <laughs> About it. I can't remember what ones we used to have. It was always things like that. It was there'd be some book that you could just take a wee snippet out yeah, of. It was good. A bit of that. And my brother used to keep Clive Barker's books of blood. So <laughs> these like short horror stories. Mm. And I think when I moved back after I left Aberdeen and moved back to Glasgow and stayed with my folks for a bit, that was what I would read. Was yeah. well. just like Clive Barker did that. So have I got news for you? No. no. Who's that no. again? Who's the wee guy that does Private Eye? Oh no, that's... Who's Clive Barker again? The is horror he, writer. Is he, on the, is he not on the telly, no? No. No? No. <laughs> is he not on the telly? It's <laughs> that wee guy that does... That's uh, Ian Hislop. That is Ian Hislop, that's right. Which sounds fuck all like It sounds fuck all, I don't know why. Fucking, uh, I've got the two mixed up. I'm sure there's some cunt called Clive on the telly, there must be. Uh, Clive, there was Clive James mm-hmm. Maybe used to do that kind of stuff as well it was that kind of political maybe I've been getting Clive James and Sue Barker mixed up and making one person put them together <laughs> and you get they're on a panel show they? they've got to be <laughs> <laughs> a panel show. I'd love to see Clive Barker on a panel show it'd be fucking bonkers I've never read any stuff man. it's it's insane Aye. like he's got one about this gruesome couple that get lost 
on the way on a holiday and they stumble across this these, these hills or whatever it was these two villages that every year have this big battle but what they do is all the kind of men of the village strap themselves to each other in the shape of like two giants mm. so they're all piled on each other's shoulders and that and they're like making these huge big giants out of all their bodies right. that have to fight <laughs> each other just reading this going, what the fuck is this? Is that even possible? That's of course it's not possible, but the, the, the image you get when you're reading it is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an odd one. That's how gang fighting should be like. <laughs> what, you have to all strap yourself to each other. It's like one gang versus another, not like one guy versus another. <laughs> it's better than lobbing bricks at each other, like fucking team, team building exercise as well. <laughs> Literally <laughs> building a <laughs> Body building. <laughs> He's also got, there's a lot of this stuff because you don't get a lot of, as far as I'm aware, although my knowledge of the, the horror genre is fairly limited, you don't get a lot of uh, gay male horror uh, writers. You don't, no. So there's a lot of, I think a lot of his experience of that is brought into his, uh, into his writing. Whether it's anything from just homophobia that he's encountered or the fact that a lot of the time, like in that story, the couple that's going to on holidays, two guys. Oh right, I don't usually get that sort of no, stuff. No, but it's not. It's not even a thing. I suppose there's a market for that then, because there's got to be a lot of gay people like that. Why are we never the fucking protagonist in any? Yeah, <laughs> we're saying that. Why would you want to be in a horror mo- in a horror <laughs> fucking novel where every cunt's getting murdered in that? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. but it's not even that. It's just the fact that it can be a gay couple that it's it's not even a thing. Uh, imagine yeah. you did that just kind of pretended you were gay for the market <laughs> I wonder if anybody's did that before Graham Norton he's not even gay is he not gay? <laughs> of course he is fuck <laughs> 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 he's, he's a fucking he's a gayest man alive man. Oh, oh I've got dear. a big dildo oh, oh dear <laughs> <laughs> although like, also there's the, there's the massive difference between people who are just quite effeminate and there's a couple, of, couple of people have been like, really? Fuck sake, I can't believe that. There's a, there's a few people I know that you find out, you just like, not even find out, it's like, it's, you're like, oh, you're, you're, you're not gay? <laughs> you're like, no, it, I'm not. It's it like, works like, the other like, way as well. You're like, yeah, you meet I big know. fucking, how you doing, mate? You're eating that. It certainly, it certainly challenges a lot of the stereotypes you grew up with, especially in like, you know, nineties and all that with like what was you know, what gay men acted like. Mm-hmm. What they they're at it, all the wee camp guys in school they were at it, they'll just try to get into the birds, you know what I mean? They're fucking geniuses. <laughs> geniuses fucking hell braiding their hair and all that at lunchtime. Like, mm-hmm. Two years later he's like fucking yes, I'm hitting it. Right. Right, it's well, worth it's it. worth the slaggings then, isn't it? It's worth the slaggings then. You bastards. <laughs> I'm not sure how uh, how politically correct any of that conversation was. Nah, I've been recording the whole thing, so that's politics so. is fucking corrupt anyway, man. As we know, as we know, as, we, as, as we we're know. all well aware. But yeah, they can't cares. So after that big long rambling introduction, I think we're probably we're probably a good five six minutes into this now. Uh, <laughs> this is 
the Hello Five podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. We, we have begun. We have we have begun like five minutes ago. I literally I started I hit play and then you started the story about your dad <laughs> on the toilet. Yeah. I was like, I'm not expecting that in the slightest. Here we go. Okay, I'm just gonna let it run. This is episode ten of the Hello Five podcast. With me today is Mark Rooney. How are you doing? Uh, as you may have already guessed, this one is probably going to contain more swearing than uh, the rest will, of them. There will be swearing, I'm sorry. I just... That's alright, we'll have swearing, it's a podcast. Right, good. There's a... Fuck. You just put that, put that little button that just says... Contains... Explicit Ex- content. Explicit. Keep it away from your granny. <laughs> there will definitely be more usage of the word cunt than normal. It can I help, aye. That's just... It's just Glasgow, man. Glasgow. <laughs> Glasgow cunt. <clears throat> cunt just means person. I just like one. I'm not meaning it in like a... Like a, that cunt. I don't dislike them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. You I, know, I'm just letting the, the other cunts know. <laughs> <laughs> People in America are just going, Oh my God. How many Seabrams has he just dropped? God, see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> God damn it. Are they, they think they're highly offended by that word, don't they not? Yeah, a lot of them. Not all of them, but... I think it only, it's only acceptable down to Manchester. And then past Manchester, it's like... <gasps> well, I think it's... There's a... There's a uh, it's how it's said. <laughs> like, if you have a, a Scottish person or an Australian who says, cunt, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound bad. Mm. It's no good intent. It's no good yeah, intent. When you start getting down to south of England, when you're, if you're in London, someone goes, you know, you can't. It's like, uh, that just sounds, uh, it sounds like they mean it's you fighting, harm. Uh, it's fighting talk. And anywhere in the States, it's just yeah. like, you know. I'm like, oh, it's acceptable down to Manchester, like just walking about the Cumbrian countryside, <laughs> seeing a farmer, good morning, cunt. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> good morning, cunt, how are you? Uh, oh, dear. Maybe. I've entirely forgotten what we were going to talk about. Yeah, music and that. Music, aye. So Mark, Mark Rooney being a member of the band Pronto Mama. Aye, aye. Well, Pronto are doing an album very, very soon. The first two weeks in April, we're going away to Ballater. Nice. Yeah, God, you should, the desk weighs about a ton. <laughs> like, you can, like, are you shipping all the gear there? Yeah, we're taking all our stuff, aye. We're doing, we were going to, initially we were going to do a live recordings, but... Kieran, the other boy in the band, like likes to like do his overdubs and that sort of stuff and like sit for fucking ages getting sounds and so we scrapped our initial plans <clears throat> going up there. We're going to Ballater and I know Log Fine, that, yeah. wee, that wee cottage up there. Have you oh, been there? I haven't been there, but I've heard about it. It's really, really good. So we'll go two weeks, a week in Ballater and a week in Log Fine. But it's looking good. I've got like fucking, we're going to have to whittle it down. We've got about 20 tracks to choose for something. But ten's enough in it. Oh, ten's more than enough. Ten. Need it like Arcade Fire. I love them. And this but the suburbs was just too fucking long, man. It was like seventeen songs. I was like, oh, when's this? Well, I've got stuff to do today. The, <laughs> the weird thing was like when Sam Forest, when we put out our album, which had like nine songs on it, we put that out. And there's actually like some of the press we got off it was folk going like you know, they've only got nine songs in this record. It's about bloody time people remember that nine songs is enough for an album. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't need more than that, especially if some of the songs are a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Well, like if you've got six-minute numbers and that, you don't... Yeah, you don't need 
ten. Just want something hard hitting, like bang bush there at stuff. Yeah. Like enjoy it. Don't have don't. It shouldn't be laborious. It shouldn't be sitting there like that. Yeah. Plus, if you listen to it from beginning to end and there's nine songs on it, you're like, that sounds like a record. Then uh, it's a record. Mm-hmm. You know. And if you get pissed off and turn it off half, halfway through, you're like, Bleh. fucking. What's the what was the record? Uh, Dire Straits making movies mm. has like six songs on it. Aye. On that whole album. Same with Brothers in Arms as well. Yeah. I was like, they were at it. They were making jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they were making APs. So, that's when, back in the days when people still fucking bought music. Yeah. <sighs> we're in a predicament as musicians these days, aren't we? We are. Can't but it means we have to do other Aye. stuff. It does expand our horizons somewhat. It does, actually. I've been getting involved with a lot of stuff that I, I, mean, I didn't think I would like. Well, same here. I'm, I'm doing podcasts. The BBC social stuff and that. Aye. Although, yeah, but you, well, I suppose we can see this one, this probably won't be coming out for a couple of weeks, so, but I haven't mm. announced any of that yet. All right. <laughs> no, but the funny thing was, I saw somebody else online uh, posting up pictures. Well, this guy's quite a bit younger than me, about how he'd just been in for a great meeting with the BBC social and all that kind of stuff, and exciting things coming this way, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm just like, I went for many ages ago, I've just been working on my shit, uh, you know, get it done, not be like, hey everybody, this is coming, I was uh, like, I'm like, just going to get it done, and then when it's ready, I'll be like, uh, this is it, going to look at it, but yeah. people get excitable, they need, people, they want stuff to put up on their fucking Facebook, don't they? Like, yeah, this is, this is my major problem with being a musician in the 21st century, is I cannot be fucked with social media, look, it's but like, you have to it's do it. indispensable, you need to do it, like, I've started using Twitter again. Mm, I prefer, like... I prefer Instagram. Mm, for some I, reason. I don't know. Like, I just, I've got Facebook on my phone, and it's like you're constantly in it. Like, oh, and then you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you're on Facebook on your laptop in the house, and then you pick up your phone, and you're on Facebook, like, what? <laughs> I've done that. What, I've done it. I'm like, what the fuck is happening to me here? Honestly, if I'm, if I'm doing work on my laptop, so I'm like, right, Stay away. From Stay away from Facebook. <laughs> it's the middle of doing work, and I pick up my phone <laughs> and go on Facebook. <laughs> I, like, I don't. Shit. I don't know how they've got into people's heads like this, man. It's like they've cracked the code, didn't they? Oh yeah. Uh, evil. Never. It was never even on MySpace this much. Nah, never. Bebo and that's a bit. That was never on. I, I think I signed up for it and then went on to it like mm. two or three times, and that was it. And then just forgot about it. Aye, there was always stuff today. Uh, Bebo and I I'll just go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fucking nailed it. Bastards. Billionaire bastards. <laughs> Billionaire bastard cunts. Fucking <laughs> fuck nuggets. I wonder if there's an extra button to say this contains an absolute shit ton of material. The real exploitative work were going off the scale last night. Couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I must be the only one of the 50 people that listen to this <laughs> podcast that is utterly offended I'm by I'm like purely <laughs> reducing your numbers by the second level. Get that half. I wonder how long some people will last. Oh, I don't know. I always well, think podcasts are a weird thing because I won't watch... Like if some, a video comes up or oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on fucking Facebook feed or something like that and it's like five minutes long, so I'm not going to watch that. It's five mm. minutes long. But I'll quite happily log like fucking... Two, two hour long podcasts sent to my phone and mm. listen to them while I'm going anywhere. Uh, it's good though, like a day like that, like uh, Lemmy's podcast and uh, This American Life. I started listening to some of that stuff. That's, that's good. Podcasts are different, you can just have it in the background, can't you? 
Yeah. Just then, like. Well, I find, especially when you're working in the studio and you know, doing music all the time, when I'm walking about, I don't want to be listening to music. Mm-hmm. I get like that, like, yeah. You just, your ears become tired. Mm-hmm. I get that, eh? Like, we post and you're... Yeah. And I don't want to listen to people talking about music either. Yeah, fucking, I Which, musicians hate music, by the way, everybody. Just <laughs> <laughs> didn't you know that. We all fucking hate it. We've been doing it that long. So, oh yeah, love it. Now I was up in fucking Lomas talking about like having to do different things. I was telling you about that, like writing a musical and doing a documentary, doing the music for that. That was a weird experience. So what is it you're doing up there? Uh, so you're working with inmates. <laughs> Well, this first time I just went up, I was playing guitar and I think called Drink the Musical, which was put together by Recovering Alcoholics with, uh, that are in a... It's a programme called Jericho Houses in Dundee. So, like, 12 guys will go and stay in this uh, rehab. Well, let's just try to get them involved in stuff. But, like, I've never been to a jail before in my life, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, it was cool. It was cool. So, I'll just... I'll pop the cane up. I, I go for it. But I like so. Like, sorry, minor complications. So like, I don't know if you know this, but blue jumpers means that they're serving a long, longer sentence. So the the other dodgy ones. Right. And green jumpers means they're doing a shorter sentence. Some of the guys in blue jump like. Just because you're in jail doesn't mean you're a creature, right? That's sort of like what they're trying what they're trying to get across. Just because you're an alcoholic doesn't mean you're a creature. Just because you're in the jail doesn't mean you're a creature, but. There are some creatures, I'm telling you, like some of them are like just staring holes through you and that. And I was like, I'm actually fucking scared. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like uh, the Blues Brothers, now that bit in the Blues Brothers, yeah. where they're, like, they've got the chicken mesh. Yeah. So that was what they were going to be in cages, isn't they? Where, where are they putting the barricades in here? Because it was just in a gym hall. But I know. I suppose most people like experience the jails non existent. Mm hmm. It's just what you've seen on the telly. Exactly. And you think it's either going to be, you know, like the things you see in the news where everyone's just kind of walking about and it's just all these guys in this place and they have to go and sleep in a cell, hmm. or it's going to be like fucking Oz. Angola, isn't it? In America, it's wild. Oof. It's actually, it's like a fucking college. You know what I mean? Yeah. You walk about the reception, it's actually like a college. Part of it, like you turn a corner and there's like massive iron bars in it. Like, why are they still using iron bars? Is that just symbolic? Like, must be. Because there must be like fucking such better things to use nowadays. But aye. So I think I'm going to be going up there quite a bit. I think I'm going up on Thursday. So you're write, writing a musical with these? Yeah. Inmates. Aye. Well, we're going up doing workshops. Like, some of them are really talented. Like, we've got a lot of time in your hands. I mean, yeah. To, to craft your art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but some of the poems and stuff are like hard hitting. Like, well, I'm guessing these guys have got something to write about. <laughs> uh, and a lot of time to write about it. Uh, we're just working with them. So using their material and putting music to it. And then, you know, Hendo, boy, they done, uh, <clears throat> he done the Commonwealth video. He won, oh, a, yeah. he won a BAFTA for it, actually. And uh, he done the Hector Berserk film. Yeah, yeah. The that never flew. That's just been nominated for a Celtic Media Connection Award. He's done it. He's really, he's really, really good. I haven't seen that head to that one yet. I've not seen it either. But um, it's because it only got shown at our launch, I think. And, uh, but uh, it's no, it's no getting a lot. It didn't get a lot of coverage, but it is now. It's getting a bit of attention that it deserves now. I keep seeing 
keep me I keep trying to get Louis in, but like I remember speaking to him and he was like, Oh can we can we do it this time? And it's like no, I'm on tour. Can we do it this time? He's like, no, nah, I'm on tour. Yeah, he's, <laughs> a, like, he's a busy boy. Yeah. yeah, it's like either one or the other of us is. Nah, he'd rip it up, man. He's he can he can talk. Oh, I know. That's why I want to get him in. Nah, he's good, man. Yeah, I am, he's a, he's like really involved with all this prison stuff. It's him at go mental actually. I've been writing a lot with him recently. Fucking end up rapping and all that. Now. Yeah, so <laughs> you're you're doing a you're got a guest spot one of Hector's. Oh, I did a, I sang on a track, track eh? yeah. Everybody laughed. Oh ah, yeah, he did that. They did about to see them in Edinburgh last week. He oh. says you were the bird yeah. in the front and all that. He's like, I didn't know Jamie liked Hector. I, like, I didn't know either, but there you go. Well, I went along with Mrs. She loves, uh, she loves Hector. Mm-hmm. Uh, so came along because they had a, like a random free night. I don't get a lot of free evenings mm. to go through Edinburgh and see her, mm. and so. Uh, it was just like something came up. Was supposed to be rehearsing. Something came up. Couldn't rehearse. So I was like, I'm, "Yes." I was like, "Are you are you busy?" She's like, "No." I was like, "Well, uh, my rehearsals got cancelled. I'm going to come through to Edinburgh." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Cool." And then I got a message from her like ten minutes later, going, "She's been clearly when I've said that I'm going through." She's like, "What can we do?" Oh, Hector was there complaining. Let's go and see yeah, that. Always a good show, and oh, it was great. Good. Absolutely loved it. But unfortunately, I spent most of the time. Watching it going, man, I could put some really fucking cool guitars on that. Uh, see, Lou hates that. All these guitar players, that always. But they've got. Do they not have Paul Crawford playing guitar? Have you seen him play? No, it's like him and uh, Tom. No, uh, I can't remember. Uh, what's her name? Uh, who are you thinking? The drummer? Yeah, Audrey. Audrey. Uh, like we're switching between. Drums and percussion and keys and guitar. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, so there was a bit of guitar in some of the songs. And she plays guitar on the Wilson Modern Psychiatry, didn't she? Uh, I can't remember. She, she did in a couple of ones. The opening one she played guitar on, it's just kind of just. Quiet? Yeah. Like, no one once was left of you. Yeah, yeah, that <clears> one, yeah. That's good, though. Yeah, it's a great track. They're banging. Oh, yeah, they're a fantastic oh, band. Good life, man. Oh, great life. All that percussion and stuff. But, yeah. Puts me in mind of the view, like, not like musically, but remember the view at King Tut's? I was just walking on other people's fucking feet and my jacket was, like, the sweat was through my jacket. Jacket, jacket. I need to make up my mind. <laughs> jacket is fucking jacket. <laughs> well, 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 good. Let's take it, like, let's go back a bit then. We'll come back to other shit. Uh, when did you, when did you start? Uh, your relationship with music? <clears throat> My relationship? I was thinking about this all day, actually. I was in my uncle's house and my cousin John had a Walkman and Inutero was in it. And I remember putting it on and going, this is fucking shit, I hate this. What is this noise? <laughs> I remember it definitely sparked an interest. And then when I got to about 15, really into punk and all that sort of thing. I suppose it was at, it was at school. There was a battle of the bands, and I'm, all my mates could play instruments, and I couldn't play anything. And I would sit in rehearsals, go, "Oh fuck, I want to be able to do that." <clears throat> so at the start, they were only keen on giving you guitar lessons, so I took a trumpet, and I was playing that for a year. And then they needed somebody that was big enough to carry the tuba, but so I ended up playing the tuba. And through that, I got like a, I don't know, what fucking I used to, I was at tramway. 
on a Saturday morning. I didn't last long there, but Kerry and your tube were doing our Street was a pain in our city anyway. <coughs> um, right, so through that, I've done a lot of stuff. I played the Glasgow School Symphony Orchestra and that. I gave me a wee bit of musical education. And after that, it was just songwriting. After The Hash and, that, and Bob Dylan, <laughs> I was like, wow, man, this is brilliant, man. I'm going to do that. Uh, and I went to uni, I went to Strathclyde for a year and a half. Done music there. The BAM, the now defunct BAM course, which is yeah. a disgrace. A disgrace that I got stopped. I remember, because uh, were, you, were you doing that when it was in here? No, I was a couple of years before that, and it was up in Jordan Hill yeah. campus before they shut that, that down. Yeah, they shut that down, and then they just ran the last two years of the course out in, in Lo Fi. Aye, uh, City Halls as well, wasn't it? City but, Halls, but, yeah, but, uh, a, few, a couple of places, but yeah, we. The amount of musicians that have came through that are just off the scale, and then they've, yeah. just, they've just stoked there. Oh, what the fuck is going on? Well, we've had at least one of them on already, and the podcast Ross was on. Aye, uh, Ross, yeah. Uh, uh, he's fucking class. Joe Ratley, you know, he's a, he was a student there. Was, was he, did he go that uh, one? Bass player and fellow. He's, nah, he's banging. He's a great bass player. Banging. There's a boy called James Lindsay, I've not seen him in years, but he's fucking, phew, a different class, man. So when you see guys like that, and you're just like, why the fuck am I even doing this? Yeah, I was a bass player as well. I was like, <laughs> that's probably why I dropped it. Like, ah, fucking, where's the hash? But I saw that, that was when my relationship with music started. I didn't really do much after that. After, you know, I went and was working. I was writing songs and stuff. Then one day, Michael Griffin, who's pals with my sister, came up to us and I played them a couple of songs. He's like, let's start a band. That was basically like the beginnings of Pronto. So I still going there now. Should I became a fucking joiner though, <laughs> or something? <laughs> Just alright. That's fine, man. I, if, if it's picking up, I can sort it. Right, right cool. It's just kind of a bit floppy on me now. Ah, it's not the, it's not the best <laughs> mic stand up. I've had to pull this one right in so it doesn't start. Hmm. Ah, it happens. Oh god, hey, when it happens when you're playing and you're having to. You're trying to play and sing and <laughs> follow the trajectory of the next stand, just getting steadily lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. Until Wait. someone comes in, oh, there you go. That's happened to me a good few times. Just like, I hope nobody walks in there and thinks I'm a reclusive blues guy. I had that at the last gig the band played, and because of the way the stage was set up, as in broadcast, and because I've got like a pedal, big pedal board, well, I've got a small pedal board, but it gets in the way. And I had like the stand at the sides, boom pointing across, and then it just started to <laughs> to go down. So then I, I had to have mid song, having to put it up, and then of course I put it up too fucking high, and I'm like singing on my tiptoes. So I'm just going, "There's a sound guy in here somewhere. Why is he not fucking up in the end here?" Obviously, is this some sort of fucking conceptual art piece? <laughs> It's the too low, it's too high, it's too low, it's too is, high. The never far, never right. Your I'm point ne- of view is always getting lost. I'm neither up or down now, I'm up and down, I'm up and down. <laughs> I am both up and down. Oh, man. Fucking hell. <laughs> Aye, I know that feeling very well. Aye. So, once uh, with Proto Mama, how, are you, you guys all play like multiple instruments or is it? Aye. Yeah. Pretty much. I've noticed that it's like just a stack of shit on the stage. Yeah. It's like, who's playing 
What? We've got three Junos now, which is fucking getting fucking taken over by keyboards, which I'm not very happy about. Because now Kieran doesn't play guitar as much. Like, why don't you play guitar? Like, you know, come on! <laughs> come on! So you get the three keyboards. Yeah, Craig, who's uh, he's got like, a wee percussion set set up now as well, and then um, he plays the trombone. So he's playing percussion, trombone, and keys and singing. Sharpos is playing trumpet and keys and singing. Mick's just playing the bass, but he's pretty good at that. So yeah, he's pretty good at that. So you can get away with it. And Martin's drums pretty good at that. I'm just playing the guitar mostly. Yeah. Although I did get a wee shot. Well, the pronto man was beating at retreat. Louis for Hector was up. We were playing tunes with him, and I got a wee shot at the the Moog. Nice. Just two notes, that. Boom, boom. <laughs> Explain what what is the beating retreat. Uh, it's a literary music night. It's the last Sunday every month in Mono. Um, started it off as like a platform for young, so we get poets, authors, musicians in to come in and talk about their songs, like their music's derived for, but they get inspiration for that sort of thing. But we end up having hundreds of pints as well, so it's a good laugh. We had John Niven on fucking the other week, yeah, which was fucking crazy. It was surreal. He was hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious man. Eh? I was uh, I was I was going to come down. I was like on the verge of of going down, mm-hmm. but also me and Lou were doing open mic after. Uh, and I was like, well, you some, need to set up. Somebody yeah. has to go and set up. Because yeah, he was sitting about like Louis was great and all. Um, that was some. That was a trip, man. Like playing playing with him. Because first time I heard somebody singing Scottish, because I was never in I never heard the Frightened Rabbit and all that sort of thing, right? So the first time I heard somebody, and the Proclaimers obviously did it, the first time I heard somebody sing a Scottish accent was him. It was on like a compilation CD. Fuck knows who was on it. Like Ben TD was on it, Joe Mango. I think it all came out of like Strathclyde maybe. And then that tune called How's Your Father? I play it to him sometimes. He's like, I've seen you play that. Uh, that, that, that. He's like, I don't remember. That's a cringe, man. How do you know that song? <laughs> but I remember getting a a CD. It was uh, when I first moved to Glasgow. It was like a compilation of like Glasgow and various, you know, Central Belt Scotland, you know, mm. bands and artists, and it was like, Frightened Rabbit was on it, and. Twilight Sad and it was like a Twilight Sad song it was like the Twilight Sad untitled Aye. it's like we've a Memphis song yet and it was like the original version of uh, the uh, Disappearing Boy hmm. uh, but was it totally different though did they like different re- chords at the chorus Aye. like see where it does that minor change at the chorus that you don't expect Aye. that wasn't there before Aye. Uh, it's like they they redid it and it's like that's I don't think the instrumentation was much different but it certainly didn't sound as big as the the final version. No. But unless they had was, a bit of money in it. Yeah, but. remember listening to that and going, "This band's fucking excellent." And then they were doing their the the launch for fourteen hundred and fifty meters in mono, mm-hmm. free show. I went down. There was maybe like 40, 50 people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time was like. Do you want to come down to this? And she's like, no, I can't. <laughs> so I went down by myself. And then after we split up, she moved back up to Aberdeen and on her MySpace, whatever it was at the time. She's like, oh, 
super excited to go and see Twilight Sad down in the tunnels. Uh, it's just like, you could have gone and seen him for free with me, uh, didn't they? Now you're paying money for it. Uh, you're dafty. I'm better off without you. <laughs> Try let's, to, let's not, let's do not. Do you got a message for her then? <laughs> uh, I bizarrely, like, uh, I bumped into her uh, a couple of years back. At this point, I haven't seen each other for a good five, six, maybe seven years. And I bumped into her at a Deftones show in Glasgow. Uh, it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, See, I like, I like. It's one of these things that we're not, we're not friends. Uh, amicable, amicable. Oh, it's not, it's not even amicable. We don't, we don't communicate mm-hmm. with each other. But you know, we congenial then. We, like, when yeah, you meet, yeah, yeah, we bump into each other. It's, it's like, a, oh, great, how you doing? You know, it's things. Uh, uh, and she'd met my boy as well, so like, short pictures of how big we fell getting because it's been like ten years. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like what? He's like smoking snout next to a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> no, any better, never. <laughs> <laughs> he knows better. Ay, don't be stupid. So did I. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, da. You fucking can't talk, da. What fucking, what fucking chances he got? Having a <sighs> Fuck, man, look at you and got that right. That's what I'm no dance <laughs> And if And if that's how I inspire my son, at least he's inspired. <laughs> oh, fucking no. He's got, more, he's got more of a plan of what he wants to do with his life than I do. Yeah. Well, there you go. They're a lot more driven these days, youngins, aren't they? Yeah. I was happy just to, like, fucking sit about and listen to tunes, rinsing tunes constantly. Yeah. Well, I suppose we have to do something at some point, which is why we're busy as fuck now. Yeah, I know, I'm busy. Yeah. Somehow, without trying, I find myself like, fucking highly involved with stuff. Like, Same here. I just want to get drunk. Punk till I die, man. Punk till I fucking... Which, which will be very shortly. <laughs> yeah. We don't... At this podcast, we don't advocate that lifestyle, but we do certainly nah, live it. No, 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 no. Never. Never advocate it. No. Was it you and I that were having that conversation about... Uh, vices in literature? Vice and virtue. Vice, it was. Uh, it was you and I uh, having this conversation. I was reading a Samuel Johnson thing called The Rambler. He was talking about like how vice and virtue should be portrayed in fiction or art in general. It's like should, vice should never be a vice should always be viewed like with disgust. Like you shouldn't get like fucking shouldn't glamorise and stuff like that. And like he goes on to say like what you should teach children like like their education should like advocate that for the very beginning. So like don't give them. Don't feel like he'd be shite, is basically the same, but then... Yeah, then Sam, Samuel Johnson was, like, a massive bigot. Was he? Was yeah, he a racist? Yeah, hated Scottish people. Uh, hated Scottish people. Apart from one guy, the biographer, whose name escapes me, who took him on a trip to Scotland, and, he, you know, there's, like, certain parts of it, he was just like, nah, it's just proving everything I hate about Scotland and Scottish people. How can you hate? How can you? Well, saying that it was like the seventeen hundreds or something. Yeah, yeah. shite. But uh, uh, that changed. Then they went out to was it Sky or somewhere like Western Isles, uh, and he had like an absolute like great time. That's because like, it's be- one of the most beautiful loved, places in the world. That, that yeah, like, I think uh, it was one of the things he later wrote that he regretted that he 
didn't get to go back because it was so late in life for mm. him uh, when he actually went that he, you know, he didn't get a chance to go back. It just took fucking ages to get anywhere uh, in those days. On horseback and shit. Yeah, but, you know... You can uh, understand why he loved it. It's an amazing place. It's yeah. truly, like, blow your mind. Like, even the drive up to, like, my mate stays in Campbelltown. Like driving up there, it's just like, it's, the drive is the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. By vice and virtue, like so, gangsters and stuff like that, the way gangsters are portrayed, it's always, oh that looks cool, or, or, live live fast, die hung, leave a big condom. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it because. It's that ingrained now in everybody's psyche, that sort of thing, that it'd be hard to like, counteract it. Well, um, this rugged individualism that's taken, as Bernie Sanders calls it. Yeah. But then there's the, because there's the whole desire to, you know, not be a part of the status quo and, mm-hmm. you know, to be like, no, I'm not going to do this just because you tell me it's I thing to do. Defiance, it's petulant, that, kind of. But then... People have not got any fuck well they don't know everybody but there's not a lot of hope. Like for cunts, like you just get set in your own wee way and that's the way it is. It's like you don't and if it's no Aye. A pain in the arse. I feel sorry for people. I feel sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. It will get better. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a there's lot. There's a Clyde sort of yeah. shit in that. Like, yeah, there's a lot to be said for, you know, having a positive mental attitude and stuff like that. But a sunglass region, though, isn't it? Yeah, but I was thinking about is this. Is that not a good thing? To interrupt you, right? I was thinking about. I was thinking about Louis when I was walking in, right? Like he was telling Hendel who made the film, so they got nominated for the award, and Louis like fucking buzzing and his dozen cousins, mm-hmm. as he would say. Like, oh man, I just feel like, but Hendo's just feel like, aye, brilliant, cool man. But it's the same way like, when he told me, I was like, oh, brilliant, cool, happy for you. But no, like, fucking, no exuberance, like, fucking, yes. Like, I'm like, Louis, like, a, like the epitome of a Glaswegian person, but he's just got this fucking posi- optimism and positivity that I don't know where the fuck it comes from, you know what I mean? Well, if I can get him on this fucking podcast, maybe uh, we can find out. It's inspiring stuff, man. But, it is, it's inspiring to see positive people. Aye. I'm no one of them. <laughs> Even I'm, I'm not much better, man. No. This is a conversation me and my girlfriend have with <laughs> She's just like... You're a dear face bastard, dude. <laughs> not quite, not quite. It's not quite as bad as that, but uh, she she's uh, generally a very positive person and likes, you know, she's, mm-hmm. you know... Because she puts the effort into being a positive person. Mm-hmm. You know, she just doesn't, she doesn't think that you know you can just be a positive person or no be a positive person she puts the effort into being mm-hmm. a positive uh, positive person and it, it works for it's her. a decision that like it is. you know being like but well, it's in, in some cases it's a stronger armour if you're a negative yeah. bastard oh, fucking you shall never get through <laughs> see the problem is just I can believe like that with people but you know then I'll watch an episode of some fucking TV show and I'm weeping like a child uh, you know, just like, <laughs> these, these things happen to these people that don't exist and I care so much it's just like pet, what just... the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> exactly you get pen. more emotionally invested in fucking fictional it's characters like pen, than pen. you do with 
real people because they can never disappoint you. That's it. They're your pals. Harry, yeah. Harry Potter. He's my best mucker out of <laughs> oh, Love that boy. Harry Potter, really. <laughs> Tom, I, I started trying to read the first Harry Potter and uh, I thought it was so badly written that I just gave up. When? When you were younger? No, when I was older. Oh, fuck me, why not? Like, I read them, like, apart yeah, from, but... like, once you get to the Goblet of Fire, it starts to get a wee bit more, like... Well, by that point, she's been writing a load of books and she ought mm. to be a bit better at it. Yeah, it's more, like, engaging. Like, the first three are just children's books, but then... The, see, the my, subject matter starts to get a lot see, more serious. See, it? then my, my argument against that is like, if you look at something like The Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. that's a children's book, but it's well written. Aye. You know, a different time. Right. But I Harry mean, Potter, I started reading Harry Potter when I was about primary seven, so like, and they'd already been out for two years, so the Chamber, Chamber of Secrets had just came out. Or one in prison, Azkaban or something, and then by the time I got to fifteen, it turned out like they'll bring out one a like one every couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I was growing up with Harry Potter. It seemed yeah. like you know what I mean. So I've got like oh, there's a lot of people that I was a little bit older. Aye, uh, that's why I love. That's why I love. I love it so much, and I know a lot of people like it. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even. I think there must have been like four books before I'd even heard of it. Aye, uh, uh, it came out of nowhere though, didn't it? Like it became so popular so quickly. Uh, like, I, I used to read to my boy a lot. Doesn't let me do it anymore. You know, because he's 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, no. Uh, but, uh, I can't read you. Uh, but uh, we used to, we, we never read like Harry Potter or anything like that, but I used to read him this book that I, I never finished reading him because it was so fucking long. He ended up finishing it off himself. This book, The Thirteen and a Half Lives of Captain Bluebear, Jeez, oh by this German guy called Walter Moores. And it's honestly, it's one of the best fucking books ever written. Uh, What's it called? The Thirteen what? The Thirteen and a Half Lives of Captain Bluebear. Mm. It's about this Bluebear who, uh, at the beginning of it, he's, this t- he's like smaller than a walnut. He's like floating in a wee walnut shell, <laughs> about to get sucked into like this massive whirlpool. And then you get saved by these mini pirates who are like, you know, like <laughs> That's far out, half man. an inch tall. And then he starts growing and growing and growing until he's too big for the mini pirates. And it's like you <laughs> dump him in this island filled, filled with these like weird hobgoblin things. The th- book's like 700 pages long and it's just full of these bizarre creatures and this great storyline with this character that's just going through all this mental stuff. That sounds going amazing. From one place to another and then. The guy, I mean, the, the beauty of it is it's not just a, like a random, oh, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. It's like, as you get towards the end of the book, like everything that's happened before, you know, it all starts to collide into this, the pinnacle of the story, and like everything that's happened throughout, this is like, his so isn't it just lives just comes together and makes sense, mm. and you're just like, holy shit, this that is sounds, great. That sounds brilliant, eh? It sounds really good. Oh, that's amazing. Bizarre, it. bizarre, but oh, good. It's, it's, Strange as fuck, but the guy was like a political cartoonist and. Was well, uh, it like, like allegorical? Or, or it? I don't think it's allegorical. It's mm-hmm. like it's a, it's just a it's kind of a kids book, but mm-hmm. it's seven hundred pages long and it's weird as fuck. And he like invented a an insane form of uh, like fake form of uh, scientific study based on <laughs> darkness, 
and then explains all this shit that almost is not scientific but logically kind of sounds <laughs> just like that makes kind of sense <laughs> hey, like on season that sounds uh, good man. oh it's it's amazing it's the strangest sounds strange the strangest book I've ever read was a book called Roy Orbison wrapped in cling film have you heard of that no it's like a German author I can't really remember who it was what his name was but aye uh, it's just like we it's no it's like we shots we shots they're only really related but every one of them just ends up with Roy Orbison being wrapped in cling film <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange I think my mate I know I think my mate Kev O'Reilly uh, I think he wrote my, the guy a letter because his wife is German and the guy is for Dusseldorf I think he wrote my letter and they wrote back it's just the strangest book I've ever read in my whole life like Roy Orbison wrapped in cling film <laughs> How <laughs> does somebody even come up with that? <sighs> drugs. I'd say drugs are like, I don't know, aye, uh, acid. It's funny though. That's bonkers. Although, yeah, like, still the strangest book I've ever read was Naked Lunch. Oh, that was hard as fuck to read, man. That was hard. Well, Burroughs, it? Yeah, I've read that a couple of times and it's still news for very little, so... <sighs> it's because he's smacked his nut in fucking Tangiers, like, brrr. Then that's... Oh, Burroughs is All those good. Things, the mugwumps, it's like, where the fuck is going on here? Uh, I get Jack Kurak, sorry, I get Ginsburg's good, but Burroughs, I just can't fucking think I've read, got halfway through Naked Lunch. I was like, Phew. I've read it twice, uh, like, the second time I read it was immediately after the first time I'd read it, I was like, I've missed something. Uh, you're not missing anything, but that's the <laughs> point, like, there's nothing, to, there's nothing to get. He's just. What's the one he wrote with? Jack, the hippos were boiled in their tanks or something. something like that. They wrote it together. That's pretty. That's more palatable, like tangible. The, the, there was what was the one I read? There's, there's a couple of ones I've read. Like I, Naked Lunch is the most out there one. Uh, but there's a couple that are like slightly less out there that are a bit of an easier read. Uh, the Junkie is a good one called the, the Junkie. The, the Junkie was writing this one, Fire, or something like that. I can't mm. remember. It was like the stuff that's kind of semi autobiographical is easier to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read a few Kerry accents. I've never read On the Road, which is a weird one. Mm, I've read a that's few his most famous of other one, ones. But, uh, and Ginsburg, I never really got into. Ginsburg's my favourite. I like the poet. I like poetry. I mean, the prose, I like the beatnik stuff. Howl, have you not read Howl? Hill I've not read Howl, Howl. Howl. Howl, I thought you said Hill. Hill. Howl I've read. Howl I've read, yeah. Read, yeah. That's uh, one of the best. The imagery in that is fantastic. Uh, Bob Dylan's got a lot to thank Ginsburg for, I think. Yeah. I've got his book Tarantula, that's so, so like it. You're reading it. I think they were just out on that speed a lot of the time. Like, genuinely. That's why they're like constant. Cocktails, uh, uh-huh. various drugs. Her brain's going to her a mile an hour on so the lyrics, but. Then a lot of these, uh, like, at that kind of time and that place, you know, like, cost of living wasn't it that high so they mm-hmm. didn't need to make much money to get just high. sit and get fucked and write mm-hmm. you know it's not like cost of living in Glasgow in, in 2016 mm-hmm. where you're having to work all the time to mm-hmm. if you tried to do that you'd be sitting outside like leaning against a bin with a paper cup in your hand aye the they used to that's what they did wasn't it? Green, was it Greenwich Village they used to kick about and just get absolutely smashed I think yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. 
What was the one I read? It was the guy... Uh, Calvin Johnson, I think it was. Something like that. The guy started K Records mm. in, uh, in Washington State in the, the 80s, early 80s. He uh, was in that band. What's that band called? Washington Band? Yeah. Like, like a Seattle band? No, they weren't from Seattle. I think it was Olympia. Olympia. Uh, oh, what was the name of his band? Beat Happening was his band. Uh, like Kurt Cobain was like mad into K Records, having mm-hmm. a K Records tattoo and stuff like that. But like apparently his like outgoings where he lived was like $72 a month. What? For uh, rent as well? For everything. Bullshit, man. 72, 72 quid? $72 a month. $72 a month. Which is... And at that time, I don't know what the, the, I don't know what the exchange rate was like at that time. I remember the last time I went to the States in the early 2000s, it was like 2 to 1. $72 then would have been, but equates to date, it might be about what, $110, say. Like, but then... Maybe £110. No, I mean, that's fucking nothing. That's nothing. He was like, oh, I'm going to be short on rent this month. I better just call in that invoice that I haven't even bothered my ass to call in for the mm. last three weeks. You know, it's like... Mm, you can't okay. get, get away with that now. No. Unless you get a fucking houseboat. Actually, I fancy that. A houseboat? Aye, like a week canal boat. Because you don't really need to pay fucking... Once you've bought it, you don't need to pay rent, do you? you just pay I'm your... sure you have to pay, like, mooring charges aye, and stuff like that. Do- your, uh, aye, like, at the marina and stuff. But yeah. it can't be that bad. And if you... If you're just going away, like, fucking down the canals, fucking, there's hundreds of them dotted along, like, like to stop off and go to wee country pubs and that. Fucking two in the morning, nobody's there. Whack your boat, tie it up, fuck off in the morning. Then you've got the, like, the upkeep of the boat, like, re retarring it and all that kind of shit. You're trying well. to kill my dream here. <laughs> like, you need, you need to be sensible, man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be sensible. This is, this is the father in me speaking. <laughs> Don't no, get, son. Don't get up. You retard the boat. Not that I know what that fucking means. Not that I've ever retard a fucking boat. Not that I know if a canal barge needs fucking retard. 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 Oh, you can't say like that. Turn the hull so that it's worth it. I know. It's just funny though. It's funny. Have you, have you, have you, have you turned that barge? <laughs> Retard that barge, the new single by Proto Mama coming in. Oh my god, fucking hell. Well, oh fuck that then, I'll just fucking I'll get a house in Kelton. Council house. <laughs> council house. I went into the house and to get a form for a council house, but I've not filled it out yet. No. Nah, I can't be bothered. You stayed in council house before. Aye. Aye. I was staying in council house in all my life. I'm staying with my man dad now, but. Moved out of a private let in Shittleson. Landlord was a fucking wank. Yeah. Aye. I lost my job, so I moved back. Too comfortable. Too lazy and comfortable. I need to get my shit together. Well, actually, I, I, like, my folks stay out of the way, so I couldn't get comfortable there. Aye. Fuck that. Where is it this day? In Lanarkshire. Lanarkshire. I'm not giving specifics on... What's, what's your address, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's miles it's, away. Uh, right 75 Lanarkshire Road, Lanarkshire Village, <laughs> Lanarkshire. In Lanarkshire. Uh, yeah, no, so it's like you kind of get in... The, you can get into Glasgow if you get the bus at, like... 
Is it still the same wee place that you grew up? Are they still staying there? Or did they move? It was where I spent like from when it was like ten. Mm-hmm. Like no, nowhere, nowhere I initially grew up. But yeah, out that way, mm-hmm. you still live in that in that house. That's how you got so good at the guitar. And that, I so fuck all fuck else to do. Yeah, serves, up, serves a purpose. Growing up in a wee village, it's just like, what are you going to do tonight? It's telly, which was just the telly back then in the 90s, mm. you know, you didn't have anybody else. You didn't have fucking Sky or cable or anything like that. Four channels? Yeah. Uh, well, we got a fifth channel while I was still in high school. Mm. It's like, oh, Channel 5, what I have rem- we got on? I oh, remember when Channel, <laughs> uh, channel 5, Softcore Porn they had though. At yeah, Softcore Porn, but then it was followed by something even better, which was how, because I wasn't like barely slept through my fifth year of high school like I was like proper fucking insomniac or I would just like doze off in class you were doing your hires and shit doing your hires is a bit of a, a stretch I was in school like, I wasn't doing much just all part of playing the guitar it was the uh, late night American sports so you'd have uh, baseball and ice hockey and American football on mm-hmm. like a few nights a week and I would just sit up and watch that getting into that stuff I got totally into it for a while it was great are you into that American sports still? Not really, no. no. Just yeah. watched it at the time. Not really into sports in general. I like watching a wee bit of sports occasionally, mm. but it's very much go sports teams, yeah. score the sports points. Good kick, <laughs> good kick, mate. Was that a good kick? Yeah, uh, good kick. Good kick, bro, yes. We oh, won. Bizarrely, I was in the pub with my girlfriend and uh, there was a rugby game on and it was... Glasgow versus. Is it recently? Yeah, very recently. Uh, fuck. Wasn't it a Scottish team? Was Northern it? Was Irish team. With Irish. Was it? Wasn't Bangor. Oh, I can't think, man. Can't remember, but it was like the last ten minutes of it, and it was like it was proper intense. And we're trying. To, she's like trying to have a conversation. I keep going. Looking at this game, just going. Fuck us. Get really excited now. I've got nothing invested <laughs> in this whatsoever. I'm like, oh, it's quite exciting. It's just caught my attention. But you know, it's rugby. Some I played rugby when I was like, uh, played rugby league under fifteen Scotland. Yeah. But then the hash. Then, then the hash. Then the hash. What what position were you playing? Uh, I was a big lump, so I usually I used to go prop forward or second row. Usually second row I played. Um, so you, Scotland international under fifteen. Aye. Uh, Played for Wales once as well because they didn't bring enough fucking people. <laughs> yeah, they can't get fucking the great rugby nation of Wales. Didn't bring enough fucking people. To, it was a, like a national cup. It was like Scotland, Ireland, Wales, Eng- England. Wales turned up. Had to play for Mountain. Wales. So, uh, so I was playing for Scotland and then when Wales were playing, I played for them. I was fucking, I was fit, I was fit then. But football, football is my sport. Like, yeah, I love football. What was your What was your position in, in the in the football? Oh, I was centre half. I was quite pish at football. Oh, I was terrible. Mm. I was put out in the uh, right wing until they realised that every time I kicked the ball, I sliced it right. Mm. Then I was put in the left wing. <laughs> <laughs> do that thing you do. Do that thing you do. Bro. See that thing you do? It's really shit. <laughs> it's just, okay over there. Just do it. Mm. I actually started getting a little bit better at football when I was in high school. Uh, even though I was never on like, the high school team and I just in like, PE and I would score every week but I would always be picked last it was a really weird situation no, like weird. I always scored but like nobody ever wanted me on their team I think they just didn't like me because I was a prick uh, maybe that was it 
But I, I was clicking. I wasn't fucking terrible at football. There was just like in my school, there was fucking brilliant football players there. So yeah, they they outshone you. you know, yeah, yeah. Just ripping yeah. the country you're like fucking. Oh, I never had that because this high school I went to, or one of the high one of the, sorry, the primary school I went to, one of the primary schools I went to anyway. Like the team hadn't won a game in like seven years, and when you haven't won a game in seven years, like. <laughs> when you've had so many people coming through and leaving and coming through and leaving at some point you've got to say that's not the team's fault yeah, what <laughs> like, the fuck's going there's on there's a problem going on there they hadn't won a game in seven years they Jesus. hadn't scored a goal in that's a two. game every week fucking hell that's how many games is that well, obviously summer months and all that that's a lot of fucking football to be losing that's a lot of football to be losing uh, <sighs> Here's what school is it? One, like, That's fucking stupid. Here's the weird one, like, uh, me and my brother, when we, when we started that school, we both went in for the team. And they changed coaches, like, apparently the old coach just used to play the same folk all the time, didn't give anybody else a chance. So they changed the coaches, me and him were on the team, and they were, like, giving everybody a chance. You know, it's like, sometimes in, like, primary school football, you know, there's, like, no limits to, like, how many substitutions you can have and mm. shit like that. Just get everybody on. Yeah, get, get everybody a game. I think uh, me and my brother played the first half and at the end of the first half I think we were it was one all and my brother was the goalie second half he stuck another guy in goals and I can't remember I might have still been playing I might not have still been playing but by the end of the game I think we'd lost 7-1 and yet the other guy ended up being like the regular goalie what? I mean, bear in mind, so, we're, we're going to bear in I'll, I'll preface this with this was like 1990 or something like that. So the, my facts might not be 100% accurate. <laughs> this was a long time ago. Uh, was it to 90, your mate, to your name, Well, what can I say? Your school was a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking joke, team. Seven years without winning a game, man, for fuck's sake, you think that. You think that other other teams would maybe just go like right, let them win one fucking game or something? I think they they started to win games the last year I was at that school, mm. and then I moved to a school that didn't have that kind of record at all. No, they, were all right. they, they were all right. They were all right. And then I played one game for that school team, which we won, and I scored a goal. Aye. I'd be a jabby as fuck. Who? Oh. Uh, but just sort of fucking whack your face and go. No, <laughs> was just, uh, that's how I scored goals. It just, uh, I was near the goal, and ball took a deflection, end up at my feet, and it was like I just this open path. I was like, oh shit, yeah, go, <laughs> bang, back in the net. I, um, it was like the most the easiest goal in the world, and I almost didn't score it. Like it almost went out. <laughs> Too right, it almost got right. <laughs> got right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like your birthday in it when you score a goal. That's what. That's what. Oh, that's great. Henrik Larsson saying. Aye, I watched his DVD the other night. Who, Henrik Larsson? Aye, he's my. He's the man. For I used to watch. I had a VHS of. Uh, Pelly. I had that as well. Yeah, that's, I had that's that. Amazing. It was like keeping up the tennis ball and all yeah. that, showing you the skills. That was fucking brilliant. I watched that. Oh, that's amazing. how we were scoring goals in that. <laughs> Like the whole section on where to aim a penalty kicks, like if you aim it there, if you can hit it there every time, you're always going to score. Yeah, the keeper will never get to the it. The corner, right? Yeah. 
It's like you use what you have. So <laughs> I was grew up in Brazil, so you'd have all these wee clapped out boys and all that. It's like, like a melon or something. Like that. Some of the, aye, some of the bobby. Obviously Pele is Pele. Like aye. I had that tip of it, it's so weird then. I can't remember where I got that. It was like what everyone wants or pound stretches or uh, something. It was sort of a one. bargain bin, I think. Uh, bargain bin shop. It was great. That uh, was well good. Good old the, the days in the tapes, huh? Beverly Hills Cop, that was my... I think I watched that every night going to my bed for about fucking five years or something. <laughs> like I love that film. I don't smoke. <laughs> Lucky strike. Uh, back when Eddie Murphy was funny. Fuck, yeah. Don't you smoke that in front of me? I fucking... Can I get a go for a fag and you're sort of puffing? I'll come out, I won't do it, I'll put it away, put it back. So, let's get, let's, let's try and dive Where the fuck have we went? <laughs> you'll just... Well, see, this is, this is the point of the podcast, and sometimes it's hard to explain to people because I don't want to explain it in the middle of the podcast because I thought like that would sound weird. It's that I do not just want to talk about music and what's everybody doing it was like oh what are you promoting what have you got coming uh, out blah 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 I hate that anyway <laughs> I just I just think getting interesting people in the chat with is good oh thank you thank you and I think and I can't remember who it was I, I, who it was I heard saying it <coughs> I think it was probably somebody like Scrooby's Pip or something like that is that when you have a, like a like a long form interview type podcast like this you forget how long it's been since you actually sat and had a conversation with somebody. Mm. That was just a conversation. That you're not going on your phones and checking stuff, or you're not distracted by something else. There's not other shit going around. It's just two people in a room talking about stuff. Yeah, you don't get that. Out. I like that sentiment actually a lot. Which is good. Sit. I mean, I've sat down like some fucking other people that I know and know reasonably well. And you end up talking about stuff that you'd like, I didn't know that mm-hmm. about you, or I didn't know that, or you didn't know that about me, or I can't believe this conversation took that turn. And then uh, things pop into your head because your brain's actually. Oh, yeah, thinking. You're thinking about the conversation. No, I'm thinking too much about it. I'm like, right, what wee gems have I got for you? <laughs> what wee gems have I got that you don't know? Yeah. I like, that. I like to bring a little bit of the music in, you know, in, ah, you know a little bit of whatever. Whatever it's meant to be and what they're all about, but that's what we do. That's what we do. The whole interview format is there's already plenty of folk doing that. Why bother? <sighs> and interview is so like oh, it's hard. It's hard. Like John Niven came to the Beatnik retreat and doing know Webster. Mm-hmm. His phones is up at the beginning of the week. Like oh, fucking right, you need an interview. He's going to be expected to be an interview. Have you read Kill Your Friends? I'm reading it and uh, so I, can, I, I had the English as well, so I should have been better at it than I was, but it's fucking just shite myself, you know what I mean? Because you don't, when you're reading somebody's book, when you're reading Kill Your Friends, especially, like, this guy is a fucking character assassin, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, fucking, he's going to think I'm an idiot, no matter, like, and you start to believe yourself, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I can't ask him. And then, uh, so he just came up, me and Kieran will just, like, a couple of questions, that just, just throw some logs in the fire, because he is like that articulate and fucking like engaging that you just throw a log in a file and he'll just talk and that's what happened but before it interview and fucking forget about it man interview technique <sighs> no way it's should it's I go you didn't you do it fuck, fuck <laughs> have you ever, ever listened to any of these like me trying to actually interview somebody I don't know uh, fucking shit I'm like, man. <laughs> there's, a lot, so there's a lot of uh, <laughs> 
Nej. Det er så så jeg skæret det. Nej. Men hvad hvis du you know what I said to him actually? I, I don't remember this, but Louis says I said this. Have a couple of pints. Because I was nervous, I was like fucking. Right, so John, uh, you adapted to kill your friends into a screenplay, which is uh, a bit unusual because usually uh, the book gets whipped off the author and then the studios just do what they want and all that. So, what was it actually like to get your film made into a book? <laughs> <laughs> but I said, what's it actually like but to get your film made into a book? But I can't remember, I thought I was being fine. I thought I said, what's it like to get your book made into a film, John? <laughs> I don't know if Louis just fucking winding me up, but I hope I didn't say that. <laughs> I kind of hope you did. Uh, kind of funny. But his answer is quite good. He's like, once you sign the big check, like, they can do whatever the fuck they want, and you don't care. You really don't care because <laughs> you've got the money. Like, they could actually have your more dressed as a Nazi being shagged off, like, fucking... Sorry, cut that bit out. That's too much, isn't it? That's <laughs> far too much, man. There's no such thing as too much on the internet. There it's the go. internet. I've been on it. You seen that? <laughs> that thing the internet. <laughs> I've seen it too much. I went blind. For that sake. Oh. Mm-hmm. Tell you what though, like if we want to take uh, into a nice, a nice realm of nice things on the internet, and for anybody that's listening on here, I posted this up on the whole five Facebook. You see that mad instrument the guy made with the marbles. With the marbles. I didn't see the. I didn't click on it. But Watch it, man. Uh, Fucking watch it. What it's is it? So good. It looks like a printing machine. Or Doesn't something. it? Mm. But it's just got this big hand crank to keep everything moving, and then he's got these levers to release certain things where the marbles come down. So and then there's a thing that shuttles them back up to the top, and then there's like a bass guitar there, and it's like bits that drops up the what? certain strings, and he's like fretting notes on the bass. What? And there's like a, and the, so the mar- marbles on like a like a glockenspiel or something like that. It's what, so he's just got different instruments that he's letting marbles fall on? Yeah, like, but it's like... Uh, that sounds far out. There's like a, out, rows of them to get dropped. Mm. And there's like this big... It looks like a kind of like a big plastic chain that, go, that goes underneath the triggers for them. And these little bits that you can put into different slots. So they, they're like colour-coded and like beats. So mm-hmm. it's like a, the first beat's like a darker colour, so you know it's like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And so all different holes within each mm-hmm. each beat, so you can... That's fucking... What, he's made it himself? Well, yeah, I imagine he's had some help with Does it. Does it need you know? to be a bass guitar and a glockenspiel that you're using well, at the bottom? Well, it's all attached. It's all right, yeah. Marbles. There's like drums and stuff on it as well. It's... I've, it's I, didn't work. I think i just seen it this morning and skimmed past it. I was like, marbles, what the fuck's this? I would, sounds yeah, cool. yeah, sounds I watched it out of curiosity, but... I've seen that, eh... Uh, uh, yeah, it sounds, that sounds mega. There was a thing I saw as well, I can't remember what it's... You'll probably know what it's called, it's like, eh... Uh, it's got a neck, it's sort of like, put your mind down like a cello or something, like the neck of a cello. It's, I think it's only got one string, or two strings. It's like a banjo, right? It's like a neck of a banjo, but it's massive. But it's got a wee tuning peg in the middle and that. And then at the bottom, it's got two massive springs. They go down and attach to like two. Uh, it's an acoustic instrument, but you end up getting two drums, two like drum skins, like borans. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, it sounds like a synthesizer, like an acoustic synthesizer. I link it and I go up the road. Can't remember what it's called. That's uh, meant, oh, they're, they're, like two newest instruments I've heard. They. 
So what does it sound like, this marble thing? Is it like... It sounds like a Glock and spiel. Is <laughs> it? Why not just play the fucking Glock then? Uh, it's like there's certain things. I, I don't know what it is. It's is it just to get like sporadic patterns and stuff like that? Or what, well, what? no, because he programs it. Programs like, he's, he's, little uh, button things that he puts into that. So it's no random that. at all? Ah, no, it's right, not random. Right, 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 he's got right. this little, these little button things that he puts into that uh, chain at various points to trigger the different mm-hmm. uh, little shoots that open up and let the marbles through. Uh, so it's like it's a work of engineering genius question when the marbles come down do they go up or is it like a wee thing for it to go back up to the top right that is cool as fuck yeah that's cool and it's all hand cranked mm-hmm. so I mean like you I was need... thinking is it going to be a fucking mess once you've played a tune like marbles or the gaff but no, no the, the, the whole thing stays together and like part of the, the hand cranking process like takes it back up mm-hmm. and there's like a bit he did where he uh, it just came down to like a couple of these things like you stopped cranking it and like you released the crank and it starts slowing down and then it stopped and he's playing a wee melody just by manually flicking the bit with the marbles on it mm-hmm. on the in time and then starts hand cranking it again it's like switching all these levers to let the different instruments start it's like what the hell it's a like contraption in it is the it's word it's a proper contraption like cracked his pots, man. <laughs> it sounds brilliant. It sounds like he cracked his pots. No, 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 Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, right, right. That was uh, Dick Van Dyke, cracked his pots. Is that his name? Yeah, like Crackpot. Cracked his pots. Oh, he's lost his marbles. Yeah, cracked his pots. <laughs> it was Ian Fleming that wrote that? Yeah. That's mental. And he was uh, recovering from... Was that a heart attack or stroke or something like that? It's, uh, he wasn't well and during his recuperation... To write, he wanted to write something that was less stressful than writing Bond, so he did. Is Chit Chit Bang Bang one got the child catching in it? Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's scary. It's mad fucking nose. Yeah. What was it? Was something? Was one of the. I might actually. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that and go ahead. He said, but he was like rhyming off all the sweeties he had, and there was one that was just particularly just insidious, and he was like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Get this off. You think about it, it's the shit that we used to watch as kids, it's fucking, it's so fucked up. Mm, it's got a lot to answer for, I'd say. But, um, what else was good? I got kept away from the Bone Collector. I watched that when I was young, shouldn't have done it. That haunted me. No, I was like, that was a 15, I think. <sighs> I, watched, I watched that much later. There's a fucking bit in it. Two bits in it that freaked me the fuck out. They find the, f- the bone finger, yeah. like, sticking up through the stone. Sent me potty. The other one, like, I think it says a woman or a guy's tied up to the end of the steam, the steam pipe and it comes <sighs> out and just burns yeah. their face off. I watched that at my pal's house and I was staying over in it and, uh, <laughs> I was young, right? I wasn't fucking like 16, like wet in the bed and that. Danny wet in the bed, by the way. Don't you fucking do any fancy editing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just end that. Uh, the exit. I, I wet the bed. I pushed myself. <laughs> I went to sleep and then I woke up. I thought I could see shit at the door and all that. And then I was like, fuck, I need to get down the road. I was standing in the hall, fucking like terrified. And his mom's like, came out, like, Mark, are you alright? I was like, no, I need to go up the road. I'm too I'm scared. <laughs> I had I had a really mine was a was a really weird one that freaked me out, and it was uh, it's like King Solomon's mines. Oh yeah, 
What's that guy? Haggard? He's Trader Haggard, yeah. yeah. It was a film version with Richard Chamberlain and Sharon Stone. I think it was Sharon Stone. <sighs> uh, it was she's a, wh- she's whatever company it was, it was their attempt to do like an Indiana Jones, but it wasn't nearly as good. Mm. Uh, I think Herbert Long was in it as well, it's brilliant. But for some reason, it gave me fucking nightmares. Like, I had these ins- like, like horrific nightmares set in the world of fucking King Solomon's Minds. It was either that or uh, the sequel, so I think. I can't remember what it was called. It was like Alan Quarm. It's called Alan, Alan Quarm. Quarm yeah. some of that. But it was like one of them just like absolutely scared the shit out of me and I couldn't sleep. Mm. That's, that's a weird one, it? was probably... It's so weird. So it's funny, actually, you should say that they're like, yeah, they're trying to make an Indiana Jones, but it was shit because Haggard... Uh, I think it was Treasure Island or something like that Robert Louis Stevenson he's like to his brother this isn't that good I could do better than that and his brother's like fucking well date then and then he went and wrote King Solomon's Minds which is also a fucking cracking book oh my favourite H. Ryder Haggard's will always be She She I know read that one. Oh, She you must be obeyed She may be the reason <laughs> we'll stop there for copyright reasons <laughs> That's uh, a song called uh, He She by <laughs> Delvis Borstello. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's one of the guys that find the woman that uh, uh, can live forever. Mm-hmm. Or like, it, it has eternal youth. It's fucked up. It's what, really does she good. drink the blood of virgins or something? No, 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 no. no, no. It's, it's not quite that insidious but there's a lot of weird shit going on around mm. there like all these worshippers and stuff like that Sounds and she's called She Who Must Be Obeyed She Who Must Be Obeyed yeah well, it's that kind of it's that same kind of you know 19th century imperial colonial mm. mindset you know so there's, a, there's I'm sure there's plenty of it that I've written is racist as fuck uh, written on the fucking his voyage to Papua New Guinea where he got tuberculosis it's like Everybody's getting I t- tuberculosis. I can't remember the call that. Like one of my, uh, as far as I'm aware, is one of my ancestors was a was an explorer uh, who, like, was one of the first Westerners to to make a voyage into the centre of Australia. He didn't get tuberculosis, but he did go blind uh, temporarily, and then he came back. How it happened to him? Do you know? Uh, just he thought there was like a massive inland sea that wasn't it there. <laughs> He was like governor of was it Canberra? Not Canberra. That's it. Uh, Somewhere Mel- hard, Melbourne. Not it's Melbourne. hard to get your to fathom. Something like that. It was like one of the one of the big cities. He was governor of for a while, and there's like a district named after him. He's got a town named after him, and like a desert and a rose and all that. A desert stuff. and a rose. Yeah, there's Sturt Stony <laughs> Desert is a is a thing. A Sturt uh, Sturt Sturt's Stony Desert. Yeah, captain Sturt. or governor. Charles Sturt, what do you want to call him? Sturt, that's a strong Sturt. name, isn't it? Sturt! Yeah, it's a good one. Unfortunately, it also means I always get mail for Stuart or Strut I thought your name or Sturt. Was, I thought your name was Stuart, if I'm honest. Yeah, most people do, but it's not. There's nobody in it. Uh, a... Yeah, and he's I don't know why. He's, the guy's old house is now uh, like a museum. In, this, in Australia? Yeah. But you can't even you can't even you know been there? No, I haven't been over because it, it's Australia, man. It costs a fortune to go there. Don't fancy the flight either. No, near that. Twenty four hours, man. No way. 
Yeah, I'd love to go. Don't get me wrong, I would absolutely love to go. But I'd, if I was going, I'd be staying there for a couple of months. Yeah, I don't. You don't want to be getting that kind of jet lag and then having to come back a week later. It would take you days to get on that for me. You know, my mate moved to Australia for like four years. Had to come back. He was gutted about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was early earning fifty grand because obviously get paid a lot more money. And he was back here staying in Berlinock again in his dad's house like that. Ah, <laughs> what has happened, man? Culture shock. What has happened, eh? Well, I find it really funny is I was listening to a podcast interview with uh, uh, Grant Morrison, Scottish comic writer. Mm, I've not heard of him. I don't know. Mark Miller, I've heard of him. Uh, well, they, they, I'm sure they've done stuff together, but Grant Morrison did, uh, uh, did like. What was the guy? There's the Invisibles, and he's written. Ah, uh, Michael, my, my mate Mike loves that shit. Yeah, he's like big into. I think he actually gave me a copy of the Invisibles. And stuff like that. He's a, like a super interesting guy, but like he grew up uh, in Glasgow, just outside Glasgow, and he's, even he's like on. And just talking about, it, he's like, I. There's lots of great people, but it's shite. It's mm. like you know the weather's awful. <laughs> The food's terrible, you know. The food's alright. The weather's shite. It's a shite. The food is certainly getting better. The what? The food is certainly getting better. There's certainly large portions of Glasgow moving away from the fried diet. Aye. What's wrong with mince and totties, man? I love mince and totties. I'm okay with it as long as you don't mash the totties. I don't mash totties either. I'm into that. People that like, just mash it all together, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, keep your tortoise whole and then take a wee bit. Wee I bit. prefer a roast potato to a boiled potato, though. Uh, ah, roast tortoise have got skin on them and that, and Yeah. Depends, I like them just. Well, you peel. don't have to have skin on them, just roast them without the skin roast and them. you get that kind of crusty outside, but it's not skin. Aye, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, I'm there with you on that. But, eh. Uh, Although a baked potato is my favourite. Nah, you can't. But no way mince. No, no way mince. No. Cheese maybe. Bit of cheese on it. Cheese and beans. Cheese with everything. That's a bit. That's wrong with Scottish. The Scottish diet. Fucking cheese on everything. <laughs> 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 what are you saying? Grant Morrison's into the occult. Aye. The occult. Listen, listen. Every time he's talking, he talks about he's a lot about like chaos magic and shit like that. Mm, black sex magic. No, and shit. black sex magic. Have you ever read about that stuff? No. You have fuck's sake, it's fucking... No, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll look at porn, but I won't Google black sex magic. <laughs> no, it's like... Why would I want to look up about black sex magic? <laughs> I don't know, it's purely, it's like hundreds of years old. It's like Alistair Crowley and all that. Was right into it. Like Jimmy Page, most, most famously, was right into it. Some of it's... Some of it's minging. You should read it. My mate is... My mate Mark's heavy into it. He loves telling you about it. And that. That's some one of the most disgusting things I think I've ever did. People actually do that. It's like, aye. What people do behind closed doors probably tell you about most of us. Don't come into daddy's room. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I told you never to come into daddy's room. Probably just smoke a joint or that. Yeah. Fuck it, don't come in daddy's room. Fucking hell. Putting the doors on. <laughs> See, this is the, this is the, this is the dilemma I face as a father. Is that when, if let's say if not then, because it may not happen, probably will, but it may not. My son comes to me and he's just like, 
what's your stance on smoking weed? Gotta be honest. Gotta be honest. See, I say like, I find that smoking weed makes me very unproductive. Mhm. It's true. That's it's true. But it also intimates that I smoke a lot of weed. I don't know. It's like in what card, man. It makes everything better. It makes everything better. It's not habit forming. <laughs> it's the cheapest drug there is. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, man. Well, I would. If my son, if my son came to me. I don't have a son, but I would say it's good, but don't get carried away because it'll fry your fucking nut. Because mm. I feel as if my nut is fried day, but paranoia, shit like that definitely happens. Oh yeah. Definitely happens. Like the only I smoked a joint. And it's alright, see if I'm winding down and that and I've not got much energy left and I have a wee puff like, I'll only smoke cough and then I'm fucking sleeping. But if I'm full of energy, I'm just smoking for the sake of it, I just end up going potty. But hey ho. <laughs> I I've taken worse. Yeah, and then there's that conversation as well. I just say I'd be a total hypocrite like, with my veins like don't fucking touch that stuff, you stupid. Listen to your dad. Your dad's done it. You don't want to do it. You want to be a fucking optician or something. Not that you can't be all these things and like I'm not, I'm not saying that drugs ruin your life and that, but they can, definitely. No more so than fucking falling in love with the wrong woman. Oh fuck, tell me about it. That's leads to drugs. <laughs> that's what leads that's what led me there, I think. That in the bevy. I never take it well though. Like, see you being like congenial with your ex-birds and that. That just wouldn't happen to me. Oh yeah, well, see, I just uh, like, I'm not I saying that's what happened immediately. Uh, I see them in. Oh no, I, uh, I've had some. Oh, fucking awful ones. Mm, the last one I had was fucking terrible. But hey ho. Get a joint boat, Jamie. Fuck Do I want to talk about it? I wish I was more mature. No. So do I. I wish I could deal with that stuff and be an adult and they'll be like, fucking, you bitch. Fuck, man, I'm 33 and I still can't deal with it. Mm. Maybe it's just the way you're trying. Maybe it's things. just it's musicians, isn't it? I don't think so. I think mm. it's uh, just different people can deal with different things better. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain things that I can deal with, no problem. Breakups is no one of them, yeah. but I think that stems back from to my ability, my inability to take criticism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just turning into something totally different. Isn't it? I cannot take criticism. <laughs> what did you think this was? Can I take criticism? Can I take fucking praise, man? I mean, what is that? People are like, oh, that was good. Oh, f- what? Shut up, shut up. Am I good though? Tell me, I'm good again. <laughs> Well, who knows a human brain's a very complex fucking thing that we don't yeah we're trying to use our brain to understand our brain which I think it's mental yeah like, brain, the brain is constantly trying to understand itself trying to work it out yeah no see I think that uh, as far as like criticism and praise go I'd be fine if you know the, just the occasional <laughs> Done good. Aye, I'm fine with that. Just uh, just once in a while, done good. Aye. And everything else was just... Alex Ferguson, 
he has got a good name, nay superfluous fucking just well done good game. That's it. That's yeah. all you need. That's all you want. Because then if some cunts people are like, licking your arse and that, you're like, I've not had much experience of that. <laughs> You've not been to the right parties. Oh, <laughs> 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 fucking. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, go there. Fuck it. Oh, let's, let's not. Let's, let's stay away from that. <laughs> oh. But then, in the same breath, when I see someone, like somebody I love, you know that? I'm just, I'm a hypocrite. I'm up to him, like, oh, fucking hell, that's the best shit ever. I'm bad with Louis for that, actually. I generally, I'm like, oh. I generally don't. I'm, I mean, I like, I like to say, if it's somebody I know, I like to say, man, that was really good. Mm. But like, if it's somebody I don't know, I'm quite happy to just fuck off. Aye, well, fuck it. What's the Whereas point? My girlfriend, who's not a musician, loves going up to people and... Because we're just desensitised to it, you know what I mean? It has to be proper, proper good for like, yeah. you go like that oft. That's brilliant. Aye. No love lost, but in it, if you don't know them, then you just, ah, fuck it. It's yeah. cool. I listen to your album and shit, but fuck it. Don't need to. But then generally, if it's usually for somebody that good, there's already plenty of people telling me uh, how good they are. So, so it's like, that. Aye. It's fine. Aye. They'd be probably pissed off. It does get in your tits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Although the one that I, I didn't go up and speak to, but I, I feel like I wanted to was James Yorkston. But then I've read his book, so he seems like a, like he could be just quite doer. See, that's the mistake I made with John Niven. I don't think you can get a. I don't think the other books, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But well, his was just him writing about his tour and writing shit. Oh, right, so it is him. Right, it is right. Him. I, I, sorry, I didn't know, James Yorkston? Yeah. Who's, but it's a player. part of Fence Collective. Fence Collective. But me and the girlfriend went to see him one night and it turned out it wasn't him, it was his new project that he wasn't really publicising too much, but he is now. It's like him and the bass player from, I don't remember that, late 90s, early 2000s, trip-hop band Lamb, from mm. like Sheffield or something like that. Nah, nah. Great band. There's a bass player from there and uh, an Indian violinist guy from, uh, I think he's from New Delhi, mm. called Cutter, I can't remember. But it plays like the Indian violin, the one you sit down and play with the violins, like vertical. And it's got and the. Play it across. Uh, it's got the quarter tones yeah, and all that sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just the uh, it's the Indian scale. Because uh, it's, it's not it's amazing. Around that, uh-huh. But it's just the three of them and they all write and they take, you know, it's like. It's not like one person's the, the front man, it's just the three of them. And uh, the, we went to see us. Is it songs one. though? Yeah. Like songs, right? There's some instrumental stuff, but there was, but it's mostly songs. Mm. So it's just the, those three guys on stage. And we went along, I thought it was going to be really busy, it wasn't. It was probably 50 people in the summer hall in Edinburgh. You know, it was just not a lot. Mm. Uh, and. But the great thing about that was there's just so much space. So everybody just sat down and watched it. Lounging like, about. Mm. Just been like, fuck, this is good. It's like, take me to different places. But because it was so quiet, I kind of felt like I wanted to go up and say, that was amazing. Mm. But you shat it? No. Just didn't bother. Didn't bother. Just left. Straight up the road. Well, up the road. Went to get some, <laughs> to get some scrap, get some falafel or something. Get some falafel. 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 Hummus. Fucking Mac love still. hummus. Mm. 
That's all right. If there's better stuff, it's well yeah. better stuff. Is people eat them, eat, it, eat them with wee carrots, don't they? Uh, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. What I do you eat it with? Pita bread. Pita, see, aye. It's a weird taste, I think it's just because it's, no, I'm not used to it. Well, the texture of it or the taste of it? Taste. The texture is similar. I tend to get the, 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 the stuff that's infused with other things. Mm. So like, there's a, uh, a really nice, like a sweet chilli one, or like a caramelised onion, or that's like a lemon and coriander. Mmm, yeah. that sounds alright, man. They all, they both, they all sound good apart from... What was the middle one? Caramelised oh. onion? Ah, no onions, nah, don't dig them. Don't dig onions at all. I'm, I'm weird with condiments as well. Condiments. Weird how? Right, and obviously curry is amazing. Soya sauce is brilliant. But that's about as far as I go. Mayonnaise, tomato, ketchup, brown sauce, sandwich spread, fucking patty shit. Don't know if patties are condiments. Get them off. Get them away from me. Not even ketchup. No way, especially no ketchup. I'm weird, man. I've never ever liked it. I'm, I'm a massive fan of condiments. It's just too sauce. No. no. Mustards. Oh, yeah. Tomato. Passata. Passata. Oh, no. Like, obviously, pizza, pasta, all that sort of stuff. Real tomato sauce. Mm. Aye. But no ketchup. Mustard, maybe. Sometimes. No, the right. What's the right? Her stuff. English mustard. English mustard. Mm. Wee bit of French. Wee bit, though. Like, just to. Set the palate alight. <laughs> <laughs> no too much. Every every fucking. Fuck did we get onto this? Oh, we're talking about James Yorkston's fucking oh, yeah. book. The door face, cunt you were saying. <laughs> let's not let's not say. Hey that. James, I hear you're a door face cunt. Let's <laughs> not say that. No, I can't. Anyway, Jamie wa- Jamie wants to know wants you to know that he loved your shit. It was good. It's good. Fucking great! I actually uh, tried to get him on the podcast uh, when he was through for the Celtic connections, mm. but he couldn't do it. Did he message you back? Oh, I did. Ah, that's decent. Aye, that was very decent of him. Mm. He was doing like he was doing like a big piece for like, a major newspaper that day, like a full mm. interview for them, and then he had to play a show. Did you do Celtic Connections up? I didn't play anything no. at all, no. I supported Cairn Leonard, you heard him? No, I haven't. He's fucking, you'd like his stuff. Yeah. He's a pure, amazing guitar player. So I've seen his album Bowler Hat Soup before last night and this morning. Mental, like, point, at points it's like avant-garde, no so much the album actually, wee bit of an album, but live it was like avant-garde Scott Walker at points and then just, uh I don't mean like, I mean just wee snippets and that, you're like, wow, that's pure, that's like that. He's just that abrasive guitar yeah. player, but fast. Have that's... you heard uh, is it Gabriel Cahan? No. Cahan, okay. <laughs> He's kind of like that very weird, and there's bits, the song just takes melodic turns that you just go, what the fuck, where mm. the fuck did that come from? What did this chord sound The drums are just insane, but it's Jeff Buckley's drummer that Played drums on it and, and produced the record. He's playing the Hubble Pikes then. Graham Cahan. Uh, Gabriel Cahan. Gabe, Gabriel Cahan. Uh, it was, it was, well, yeah, about the, uh, the, the, the Zen, the NT's avant garde stuff. The docu- Scott Walker documentary, you should watch that, it's on
it's cool. Some of the stuff he gets up to is good because it's like really precious. Like, it mm -hmm. takes him years to write albums and all that, and then he's got percussionists punching the a, a leg of beef. It's a Cossack Sar, I think the song's called. It's one after drift. Punching. He's punching, I said, a, a leg of beef and like making it up. And like, he's like, no, play, play, play it differently. He's like, you're <laughs> punching a bit of meat. But that song is, some it's like really dark. There's honours of like discords and stuff, but he's really, Scott Walker's funny as well. There's yeah. lines in that song. You got a nice suit. That's a pretty swanky suit. Like, and but when that, I mean, while all this really unsettling s sounds are happening, you're like, pissing yourself off. Reminds it. me of uh, Tom Waits. What's he building in there? It's <laughs> all these weird noises, like going the whole time. Like, what the fuck is going on? And you get that. What's he building in there? <laughs> what the hell is he building in there? It sounds cool, man. You know, I heard that. No, he just, just talks over all those like construction noises and like weird like bowed instruments that sound just alien and mm. things like uh, lines like uh, he's got no friends but he gets a lot of mail <laughs> <laughs> it's like I hear he has a an ex-wife in Micronesia Tom Waits is half he's not I've, I, I've only heard what is that guy's name again Gavin something and Tom Waits. I don't know if you've heard that Jesus. Jesus blood never filmed me yet. That's Gavin. Uh, That's the only one I've heard. Jesus blood never found me yet. Do you know who my first girlfriend gave me that? I was like, why? Really? why? That's strange, isn't it? That's going on me. What? I can't remember what his name is. Gavin B. Bun. Is no. it Bun? No. Starts with a B, I think. Gavin Bryars. Yeah, there we go. I got there. Uh, yeah. My dad introduced me to that. He's just like, it's just insane. Yeah, it's all weird. Because he's got, so... he's got like a homeless guy singing it, is that what it says? Like... Do you know the story of it? No. He... Gavin Bryars was a, an audio technician for the BBC and they were doing a documentary on the homeless and he was taking all the audio recordings. He was he's been making all the portable, as such as it was back in the 70s recording equipment and they were recording everything and then when they were editing it this was part of the thing the shit they get edited out so he had this and he was playing this homeless guy singing Jesus blood never failed me yet on a loop and then he had it in his studio or whatever and he was playing piano along to and realised the guy was singing in perfect pitch mm -hmm. and in time so he just looped it and wrote this piece of music around it uh, and put it out and very little happened to it because it was like a 45 minute piece of music with a homeless guy singing mm. in a loop on it uh, and then he was thinking about redoing it and apparently got a call from Tom Waits who had loved his, it obviously who had lost his <laughs> copy of it and was phoning up Gavin Bryars to ask him if he had a copy of it because he didn't have a copy he couldn't <laughs> find a copy of it Gavin Bryars was like I don't have a copy of it anymore he was like, but I'm just going to do another version of it. Do you want to sing on it? He's like, yeah, cool. Amazing. And so the version that you can find is the, the remaster. They redid the, the music and added Tom Waits' vocal so on it. So that original one's, unless you've got an original copy, it's gone now? 
As far as I'm aware, I mean, like, I might be talking no, shit, Nobody's going to. It wasn't the electroacoustic one, no, really. I think, it's like, uh, there's a similar Steve, there's a Steve Reich piece. And it's like just a guy going, it's gone rain, it's gone rain, you heard that? I don't know. It's like, I don't think uh, I have. I've been to, it puts I've been, me in mess. I like, went to see Steve Reich uh, uh, at the concert hall. Well, it's a, a acoustic gigs I've always, my mate uh, studied it at the RSMD, well, composition, it's RCS now, obviously. So I went to like a couple of shows and it's really embarrassing actually. Me and my mate Paddy smoked a joint before we went in and we saw the students' pieces. Like, I swear this was taking the piss, like actually taking the piss. This cunt's fucking piece was like, sounded like somebody having a shite. Like it was just going. So we were pushing ourselves laughing out the back of the fucking hole. Like we had, I had to leave because people were turning around, like we had to walk out in front of him and that. But around that time, that was around the same time I was listening to. Gavin Bryles and Steve Reich and all that. So I don't like, know if I just like the like he's like worked for t- two sextets is fucking brilliant. Mm. Aye, like uh, Steve Reich's good at it. Right? These guys were obviously just students and that, but obviously most famously at piano phase. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Heavy, heavy good. Clapping. Mm. Yeah, I was listening. I watched him do it. I'm just like. Intriguing, but why would you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't get it. That's mad, isn't it? That's madness. Yeah. It's cool, though. That's cool. I think we'll start wrapping this up now because uh, we've been going on for fucking ages. How long's that we've been doing? Oh, a good, a good hour and a half. Is it? A good hour. Plenty of shit to be getting on with then. Yeah. I don't edit it, so it's okay. People we'll just listen oh, to cool. it for an hour and a half. Brilliant. I hope you have fucking enjoyed that. So. So da, I mean, it was. I've had a good talk. It's anyway. just a, a good wee chat, and it's good to sometimes just hear what people think about stuff, even if it is. Lunacy. <laughs> <laughs> so we discovered uh, interesting things, and uh, we'll kind of end it there. I usually ask everybody what their favourite Disney film is at the end, but you know what? I'm not going to ask you that right. because I'm going to face that out because it's fucking stupid, and I'm going to stop doing it. Right. So that's it. We've had enough of it. The one thing that this... Let's start a new one, right? What should, what should the, the final question of the, of the interview be, do you think? Well, my mate... Actually, no, I can't ask you what's question. It's a good one. Well, but, uh, <laughs> he'll fucking kick my, my head in if he's like, what are you doing on that podcast? Because then if you adopt it, because it, like, and then start asking everybody, he'll be like, that's my question. So let's try and think of something. I'd considered doing that. Have you ever watched the Inside the Actors studio? Aye. With the ten questions at the mm, end, mm. they got from the, the French uh, interviewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd considered that, but see, that's what my mate Kev was doing with his wee thing that he's like gets you up to play a couple of songs and ask you ten questions. Is it all that that same shit? You know, like what's your cat? Are you a cat or a dog? If you, oh, right. if uh, are you a cat or a dog person? Should I say? Yeah. Looking... I don't know, fuck it, fuck it. I'll think of something at some point. Mm. Anyway, thank My you. My favourite Disney film, by the way, is uh, either Robin Hood or... Fucking... What's the other one? Sword in the Stone. Old school options, I like Old it. Old school. Boys always say Robin Hood, but then... Anyway. No, no. No? Tell you what, the last... Uh, I don't know if I asked the last guy, I can't remember. The last guy that I remember actually asking, uh, his choice was... The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, this wasn't really up there on my list, that one. I like that one. 
That was sort of, I think I'd fell away from him at that point. Mulan is a fucking belter, by the way. I don't think I've ever watched Mulan. Mulan has got some cracking tunes in it. Some heavy good music. As always, Disney films. Talk about music, your first in, like introduction to music. Right? Disney films have got a lot to do with it as well. Like time, yeah. Harmony and stuff like that. The harmonies in it are just totally everywhere. And like the way that they inevitably at certain points meld three or four of the tunes that have been going on throughout the film together to make one big, mm. like one big song. Mm. Money shot. Big money shot, big money shot. Like the like at the end of uh, South Park, where they've got uh, Blame Canada and Blame the Canada. Guy, that was his song's new song. The uh, Moe. That the technical me, music for a film. That film fucking nails it. Aye, did he not win an? He got nominated for an Oscar, like uh, the best song for Jew uh, on Christmas. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm just a Jew on Christmas. No, I think it was Blaine Canada he got nominated for. Did he? He definitely got nominated for that one. Is no one? Maybe not an Oscar. Was that a that's no Emmy in, or something like that? Aye, because that's in an episode. That's yeah. all in a movie. Aye. But like, it wasn't until much later I found out that he didn't study film initially. He studied music composition. Aye. He knows what he's up to, you oh, can tell. Oh, he can tell, like, yeah. listen to it, like, he knows how to write tunes uh, and, like, orchestral music. I well. love the one he does for uh, the Mormons. Dum, 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 dum. What's it, Adam, what's the name of that guy, Adam Smith? The guy that invented the, invented, like, uh, the Mormon religion, what is his oh, name? Oh, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, aye. Joseph Smith went to the forest, dum 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 dum. <laughs> it's like uh, the guy's wife, like, <laughs> whatever, Dolores, smart, 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 smart. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious. Oh god, they really have it fuck they really have it in for the Mormons. Aye. They've got it in for everybody. Yeah, but I mean they did a whole musical about the Mormons. Did they? The Book of Mormon? Uh, I've I haven't seen it, seen it yet. I've seen it, you know. It's it's like Is it a just a stage? Yeah. Uh, right. uh I still haven't had a chance to go and see that. I'm, I've heard that it's amazing. Hilar- it will be hilarious. Everything I've done has been a hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Right. Thank you, Mark Rooney, for coming in. Handshake. Handshake. <laughs> Aye, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I have no idea who the next podcast will be. So, uh, cool. See you all next time. Catch you after. Bye. Hello. Ciao. Hello. 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 Five. And that was Mr. Mark Rooney. Hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation much as I enjoyed having it. Remember, go and check out his band Pronto Mama and check out Pronto Mama's Beatnik Retreat and Literary Music Night the last Sunday of every month at Mono in Glasgow. And if you're not in Glasgow, come to Glasgow and go to it. Simple as that. Right, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. And until then, stay low fi. Bye.